Thank you for joining us today. We hope God speaks to you. We hope dreams come alive and faith is ignited so you can impact the world and those around you for God's kingdom. Enjoy the message. Hey, City Place Church, welcome today. To all of you who are watching online, no matter where you're watching from, welcome to City Place Church. My name is Damon, and on behalf of my wife, Taisha, we are the lead pastors of City Place Church, and we welcome you here to this weekend's service. I wanna give a shout out to all of you. We saw God move this past Easter Sunday. You, you showed up with the I-5, you know, Invite 5 Challenge online and in person. We had people watching from Illinois. We had people watching from Washington, D.C., all across the country and even some parts of the world. And I just wanna say, well done. Thank you for making room for someone else. Thank you for just expecting God to show up with miracles, signs, and wonders. And I wanna say thank you for just positioning our church for revival. We are believing that this is going to be the year that God does it because he declared it. And we're allowing God to do whatever he wants to do. So right now, as you're watching, I want us to continue to make room for someone else. Share this service right now. Let everyone know that this is a service where God is gonna to speak to them because we are talking about week two of Dream Again. You know, today is a day by which we're going to celebrate. We're going to praise God. We're getting ready to enter into a moment where we're gonna just celebrate all that God did for Easter weekend. We had two amazingly packed services at City Place Church. Our team, volunteers, which we call them the dream team, served well, created an atmosphere of worship. We gave out free Kona ice to every single person. You invited people, you cheered on each other. I saw you cheering on each other and commenting online. But the most important thing was that 17 people that we, we literally have a count of said that they wanted to start a fresh relationship with Jesus or recommit. And so today we are going to praise God for what he did because this past Easter was a launching pad to what God sees and what he wants to do. So I'm going to pray and then I want you to just position yourself to give God your very best praise. Then we'll come back, we'll go into God's word, and then we'll also have a moment of worshiping God through our giving. Are you ready? Come on. I want you to stand up on your feet right where you are. Make some room. Come on. Make some room. Make some room. Make some room. And let's get ready to praise God for what he's done. Father, we love you today. We invite you into this day. We declare that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for what you did this past Easter Sunday for the 17 people plus God, that chose to walk in a fresh relationship with you. But God, we stand on the edge of our seat for the dreams that you're going to bring back to life. I thank you, God. We're making room for someone else. We're making room for miracles, signs and wonders. And we're making room for revival this morning. Jesus, have your way. We can't wait to give you our best praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him some praise, City Place. Come on, City Place Church. Did you give God some praise today? Did you celebrate all that God's doing in your life, but also what he's doing here at City Place Church? I want to take special note of our baptisms that's happening on April the 25th. For those of you who said you want to take your next step in Jesus, well, baptism is your next step. And we would love to celebrate that with you. You can text City Place to 94000 
and then we can get you plugged in and celebrate that moment with you. You know, today we are continuing our series that we started last week entitled Dream Again. We said that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to bring dead things back to life. And we looked at the life of Mary Magdalene and she had that encounter with Jesus and that that encounter with Jesus, the resurrection, closed the gap between the life she was living and the life she could live. And we said, and I challenged you, I told you that I wasn't going to be able to, to talk all about dreams in one week and that we wanted to take this journey over three weeks. And so I'm encouraging you to, again, share today's message, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, spread the word. Why? Because I believe that God has put something in our church for this season of life to where he said, I'm going to do it in this year and he's going to make dreams come alive. You have permission. You have permission to dream again. Now today we're going to do a little bit of work. You can find today's sermon notes at cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. And while you do that, I want you to find a white sheet of paper or, or, or some paper around you, some sort of scrap. And, and, and as you do that, I'm going to preface, okay? I'm, we're going to take a little bit of a journey. We're going to start in Acts chapter 2, all right? Acts chapter 2. Our team will put up the information. We're going to start in Acts chapter 2. Go ahead and get your sheet of paper. Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to start. And we're going to start here because when Jesus died, the Bible says he rose again and he had told his disciples, he says, now listen, it is to your advantage that I go away. He says, because if I don't go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name, will not be able to, to be here with you. So he says, I'm going to go away. And he says, now, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will be your guide. He will be your comfort, comfort, uh, comfort. He will be he is the spirit of truth. He is the one that leads you and seals your relationship with me. And he says, and then he has all these other gifts that he brings with him. And so when we get to the book of Acts in Acts chapter one, we see Jesus having a dialogue. And he says, now, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. In Acts chapter two. The disciples have been gathering with others in this house. You might have heard Sean talk about one band, one sound three weeks ago when we were in our series together. But the Bible says that when the men and women were in the upper room, the Holy Spirit fell. The Holy Spirit fell. And the Bible says that in that one moment of power being released, they began to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going to pick back up in Acts chapter 2. Now, Here's how we're going to begin, because we're, we're starting, uh, we're, we're furthering on in our series Dream Again, and I need to make sure that we have a clear focus, because I got a little bit of work to do. So I'm going to be passionate as always, but I have to deliver to you what the Father wants to give you, not just my passion. Are you with me? Can you say amen? So here's what I want you to write. On the first side, I already wrote it down, on the first side of your sheet of paper, I want you to write this, my dream is, write that down, my dream is is. All right. You don't have to fill it in yet. My dream is. Go ahead. I already wrote it down, but I can do like they do on TV. I can make you think that I'm writing it down, but I already wrote it down. Okay. All right. My dream is. Then on the second side, I want you to write this down. God's dream for me is. You got it? God's dream for me is. And then I want you to Leave that there. My assignment today is to get us to dream again. And as I said last week, that we have to make sure that we have Christ in our life 
so that the aim of our life is focused on him and not on ourselves. And so as we talk about this dream again, we have to make sure that we can separate my dream is and God's dream for me is because there's a difference. And this morning we're going to jump into God's word because right out the gate, I want you to know that God's created you to live limitless purpose. God has created you to live limitless purpose that only you can accomplish. So I want you to get in your mind that God has created you to live limitless purpose that only you can accomplish. That's it. Just you. Now let's go to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two, verse 17 says this, and I'll give you the context. I already kind of laid the foundation of landing in Acts chapter two. Now we jump in the middle of a conversation that Peter is having to a crowd that is kind of seeing the outside view of what was happening in the room. And this is this is Peter talking. He says this. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants and on my men servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So let's speed up. I just I literally just pulled a verse out to read, but I have to give you the context because context is king. Everybody say context is king. So I pull those verses out because we I don't have time to read it all. But when I pull it out, what has happened is the Holy Spirit has fallen. And the Bible says that the men and, 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 and the people in the room begin to speak in an unknown tongue and they begin to declare the goodness of God in their own language. And there are people outside of the house who are hearing all of this. And they say, these men and women are drunk. Well, Peter comes out of the room and comes out of the house and he says, this is not that. He says, this is not that. These men are not drunk. They've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And he says, when we get to verse 16, 17 and 18, he says, now, let me remind you that there was a prophecy by the prophet Joel, which is found in Joel chapter two. And he says this. In the last days, God says that I will pour out my spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the result of the Holy Spirit being poured out that you will see is that people will prophesy, they will see visions, and they will dream dreams. Now let's break it down. Remember I told you I got a little bit of work to do. When you, when you hear the word prophecy, now this is not a, a, a Bible class, but I want to give you the reference so that you can understand where we're going about dreaming again. When, when we talk about the word prophecy, here's what it means, and I want you to write this down. It means that you speak forth or you declare a thing only known from, from divine revelation. So when, when you hear the word prophecy or when you would see a prophet speak, they would speak what God has declared for them to speak because it was going to take place. So when he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit and you will see people prophesy, he said that I'm going to pour out my spirit and they will declare what I want them to say so that it could happen. Then he says, and then you will see visions. A vision is like a, y'all, I don't know if y'all remember a Polaroid camera, but it's like a photo, a quick snapshot of what God sees. So a vision is, it's a quick snapshot of what God wants you to see that he's thinking about. So we have what God will say that he wants you to say that's going to happen. And then God gives you a glimpse of what he sees that he wants you to see. And then when we get to dreams, dreams are literally, watch now, 
dreams are literally the motion picture of heaven. It is like as if God said, I'm going to give you an Instagram live of what I'm thinking about for you, for your future, for your purpose, because it's I'm declaring it to you. So it's like God is speaking to you through a motion picture. Did you get it? So when he says prophecy, we have just like the word of God, which is going to take place. When we say vision, God should give you like a quick snapshot. It's like a quick picture. Like, what did I just see? And then the motion picture is those ones where it's like playing out in a movie, but it's God declaring something to you. And so I wanted to tell you that because as we talk about dreaming again, we have to realize that God is constantly wanting to download to us what he sees. Okay, so God doesn't want to keep anything secret. He wants you to live the limitless life that he's called you to live. Remember last week we said that Jesus didn't come now, watch now, to just make bad people good. No, he came to bring dead things back to life. And so when uh, Mary met Jesus, she said, I found life in him. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So if you are going to live the abundant life that God has for you, he has to tell you what he's thinking about you. So remember that first question. My dream is, or God's dream for me is, that's where we're going over these next few weeks. So I want you to take some notes. I want you to write this down. The spirit of God shows you things, and I put this in parentheses, fun and serious, you could never do on your own. The Spirit of God shows you things fun and serious that you could never do on your own. The reason why I put in parentheses fun and serious, because it's not just the spiritual things that God will give you a dream about. It's not just the spiritual things or the serious things that God will give you a dream about. He'll give you the fun things to dream about. But it's all God's dream. So, for example, you might have a desire to get a college education. Well, the more time I spend with God will cause that dream to come to life if God's in that. Are you with me? Track with me. My desire to, 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 to make an influence uh, as a pastor, just use me as an example. My, my, my desire has to be to fulfill God's purpose, which is limitless, versus Damon just wanting to be on a, on a platform and just say something. Right. So whatever God wants to birth in me has to be birthed in his presence. So God, God wants me to tap into a relationship with his spirit because the spirit of God will give me the serious and the fun things to dream about. Let me prove it to you. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine through 12 says this. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have it entered into the heart of man, that's you and me, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it. It's not hidden. He's revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So God says, I am not going to keep anything from you as it relates to the dreams that I have for you. He says, the only thing is, is that these dreams are not going to be found in plain view. They're going to be found in your relationship with me. And so when we read first Corinthians, it says that God wants to reveal everything to you. But he says this, he says, man by themselves hasn't seen it, hasn't heard it. 
So there are things in our life that God's like, I want to reveal to you. There are dreams that you might have thought was dead, that the enemy might have put up some sort of mirage. And God's like, it's not dead. It's just that you may not have heard me utter it yet. You may not have seen my snapshot Polaroid picture yet, or I may not have given you the whole motion picture yet, which then causes us to realize that in order for me to begin to dream again, I have to be in the presence of God. So I want you to write this down. Write this down. Dreams are birthed in the presence of God. Dreams are birthed in the presence of God. So if God is giving me the motion pictures of heaven, if God is willing to give me the thing to say, and it will happen, that's prophecy. If God wants to give me the snapshot of heaven, which is the vision, and God wants to give me the motion picture and declare it to me in a way where I'm like, let's go for it. He says that it's by his spirit. It's the same thing that Peter said in Acts chapter two. Hey, this is not cuckoo-ness. This is not craziness. No, this was what God's dream was. He said, God, it said. So that's the, that's the prophecy. side. God said, hey, I will pour out my spirit. And for those who lean into my presence, they will begin to declare what I say and it'll happen. They will see what I see and it will happen. And then they will be able to see the motion picture play out the way I have designed for it to happen. See, so when God wants us to dream, we have to realize that dreams have to be birthed and conceived in the presence of God. So the more time we spend in the presence of God is when God says, this is what I want you to dream about. So then I go back to that question that I asked you earlier or that statement that I want you to finish. My dream is or God's dream for me is. See, there's a difference between Damon's dream and God's dream. Damon's dream can 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 do a lot like I have a dream that I want to do X, Y, Z. I want this kind of car and I want this kind of house, this type of job, this type of influence. But if God's not in it, then it's all about me. But God's kind of dream has a way of watch now impacting his kingdom with his purpose for his plan. Watch now. But it includes me. So in God's dream, I get the benefit of carrying his purpose and his destiny. I don't have to work as hard as, as I would for my dream. I have to make it happen. I stress out about it. I worry about it. In God's dream, he says, I'll tell you about it. I'll show you a glimpse of it, and I'll give you the plan through the motion picture. In mine, I've got to try to figure it out all on my own. In 1 Corinthians, it says, listen, on your own, you haven't seen, you haven't heard, but God will reveal it to you if you spend time with him in his presence because the spirit of God won't keep anything from you. Are you tracking with me so far? If you are, say, I'm leaning in level 10. That means we remove the distractions. We engage in today's message and we take notes. Remember, I have to give you a lot because I'm trying to build your faith because God wants to build your dreams. And we, we can't just talk about it and be motivated. We have to know that any time we go into a moment where God wants to bring something to life, it's going to involve us being in the actual presence of God, which means it's going to require our worship. It's going to require us spending time in the word of God. It's going to require prayer and fasting. Why? Because I could have my dream or I could have God's dream for me. 
Remember? I hope you guys did that. So let's see what that looks like in Scripture with somebody who was just like us. This story, I'm going to read just a little bit of it, bring it into context, and then we're going to end today's message and just celebrate a little bit more of what God did. There's a, there's a man in the, name, uh, in the Bible whose name is Jacob. And the Bible says that Jacob was born with a characteristic of a deceiver. He was in his mother's womb, the Bible says. He had a twin brother named Esau. And the Bible says that the whole time that he was in the mother's womb, he was trying to jockey for position to get out. That as his brother was coming out of his mama's womb, the Bible says he grabbed the heel to try to get out first. And all of his life, he had been trying to get ahead of his brother because in biblical days, the older son got the birthright or the blessing or the inheritance of the father. And so this whole time as he and his brother are growing up, he's trying to, he's trying to outwit his brother. His brother is one that likes to hunt. He likes being in the house and, 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 and caring for the house in that form of way. And so the Bible says as, as he gets older, the Bible says that his dad Isaac is dying. And he, he kind of schemes with his mom to, to, to make a, a, a stew that his dad likes while his brother's away because his brother is, 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 is getting ready to come back to be blessed. And Jacob deceives his dad, hops in line. His dad prays for Jacob instead of praying for Esau. And Jacob gets the birthright. Out of fear, having stole the blessing, Jacob, watch now, Jacob has his sort of dream. I want to be the one with the inheritance. I want to be the, so he had his dream, okay? Watch. So he, he steals it, and instead of getting the blessing and being excited about it, he gets the blessing and is filled with shame and fear. The Bible says that he runs away from his brother because his brother walked in the house and saw that he had stolen it, and he lived in fear. And when we get to Genesis chapter 28, J Jacob has this encounter, watch now, with the presence of God. And God begins to shift Jacob from having his dream to having God's dream. And there's this shift where you can see it in the story where God says something. That's the pro pro prophetic part. God gives him a vision. He says, take a look. And then he has this motion picture through a dream. But it all happened in the presence of God. So let's jump in. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 says this. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he laid down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. Everybody say dream. Then he dreamed. The motion picture of heaven where God speaks. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and to its and its top reached heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. And on the land which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. So he says this. He says, right where you're laying, laying right now, take a look. Here's the vision. This belongs to you and your family. Let's keep going. He says, also to your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, the south, and in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you 
and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. The Bible says that Jacob dreamed. As he is dreaming, God begins to speak to him. Remember, we talked about what, what Peter was talking about. I'm going to pour out my spirit and they will prophesy, see visions and dream dreams. God, the Bible says God is looking down as Jacob is dreaming his dream. He's seeing angels ascend and descend, which means God is giving you a glimpse that I'm always working. I'm always moving. I am, I am always present where you are. You don't have to worry about if, 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 if what you're praying is, is, is being received. You don't have to worry about if I'm not moving on your behalf. He's literally letting Jacob know, Jacob, I want you to know that I'm constantly in motion, that the angels of God are always moving around you. And the Bible says that God looks at him. He says, hey, listen, I've been in your family before you ever came on the scene. And I want you to know, look around, take, take, take a look at this picture. Take a look. Take a, take a snapshot. I want you to know that everywhere you are right now belongs to you. And then he says, now let me show you this motion picture. Dream with me, City Place. He says, I want you to take a look at this picture of you older. And then when you're not here and every part of your lineage is in the place of promise. So God literally speaks to him, gives him a glimpse and shows him a motion picture. But watch now. The dream that Jacob has was birthed in the presence of God. Jacob, I told you, and you have to read it on your own. Jacob had his own dream. His own dream produced for him something contrary to what he thought. He thought that by him grabbing hold of the birthright on his own, he'd be happy. But he was still void of something. It wasn't until he encountered the presence of God where he got the purpose of God. Remember now, you possess the limitless purpose of God to do what only you can do. And my assignment in this series, this week, next week, as we, as we talk about dreaming again, is to get us to realize that Jesus is here to bring things back to life. But every dream has to be birthed in the presence of the Lord. God doesn't want to hold anything back from you. So your dream, God's dream. I just have to take my dream and put it where God is and say, God, is this your dream for me? We find out all through scripture, God's dream for us. For example, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, the thoughts that I think towards you are thoughts that give you a future and a hope. There's scriptures in here about healthy marriage. There's scriptures in here about salvation. There's scriptures in here about healing. There's scriptures in here about peace of mind. There's scriptures in here about uh, uh, blessing uh, in my finances as I give and tithe to the Lord. There's, there, there's scriptures in here about walking in unity as a church. There's scriptures in here about the kingdom of God making influence in our communities. There's, there's, there's scriptures in here that attach to God's purpose and plan and God's dream for you and I's life, but it's gonna require us, watch now, to be in the presence of God. Let's keep going. Write this down. And I said something similar last week when I said, if we don't have Christ in our life, we live 
life aimlessly. But I'm going to say this again. Watch. If you don't have a God dream, you will wander aimlessly. If you don't have a God dream, you will wander aimlessly. Uh, we go back to Genesis chapter 28. He steals his brother's birthright. The Bible says that he finds himself wandering out in Beersheba. He's out there by himself. He goes to sleep. Boom, encounter with God. Encounter with God. See, if we're not careful, we can continue to wander. And it's not until we get into the moment where the presence of God is, where God says, now, I want to birth something. Jacob says this. He says, man, the presence of God was here and I and I almost missed it. When you read the rest, the Bible says that he grabs the stone and he makes it a pillar. And he says, this is the place where the presence of the Lord is. He calls it Bethel, which means the house of God. He says, this is the place where I encountered God in a real way, not because of my grandparents, not because of my grandfather, because I encountered God. So in this series of dream again, in this year where we have declared as a church that this is the year that God does it. Remember, we are making room for revival, which is the restoration of the presence of God back to his people. You and I have to be fervent about the presence of God and encountering the Jesus Christ that we celebrated last week. But for us, he's alive every single day of our life. The presence of God is available to us right now. The presence of God is available to us right now. So right now, let's take a 10 second, a five second praise break and welcome the presence of God. Come on, right where you are. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this moment. We pause. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that lives, our, our dreams are coming back. But most importantly, Holy Spirit, without you, this is nothing. God, with your presence, the things that we're hearing this morning can breathe life into us. So we acknowledge that you are here. We don't want this moment to go by and say, oh, the Holy Spirit was in our service. No, we pause because the presence of the Lord is here today. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here and we are giving you permission to say what you want to say. Show us what you want to show us and give us the motion pictures of our life so that we can dream the God kind of dreams that allow our purpose to be limitless. Come on, y'all. Dreams are birthed in the presence of the Lord. If we don't have a God dream, we, aim, we, we live life aimlessly. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are blessed. If you don't see what God is doing, you walk around stumbling over yourself. Jacob says, man, I was all over the place, but one encounter with God sealed the deal. Peter said, Acts chapter 2 was the first thing we read. He says, listen, the presence of God is available to you. He won't hold anything back from you. Let's keep going. So, Damon, what is a God-honoring dream? I said a little bit earlier, God-honoring dream is a dream that impacts the kingdom, his kingdom, his purpose, his plans, but it benefits you. You play a part. See, I want God's dream for me because it's better than my dream for myself. I want God's dream for me. I want you to have God's dream for you. Why? Because you don't have to work as hard. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. So I want you to let's get practical. So why, why is it that we sometimes struggle to have these dreams 
that God has for us. We see it in Jacob's life when we look at Jacob. And obviously I had to paraphrase the story, but we're wrapping up. Jacob chased everything on his own. He thought that because he was the younger brother that his life was insignificant, that, that God, God didn't have the same type of level for him because of where he was positioned. Can I tell you that just because you have a past that's different than mine or someone else's doesn't mean that you're any less qualified, anointed, blessed than someone else. No, God has something just for you. So let me give you three reasons why the dreams of our life are sometimes impacted and we lean more on how we would want to dream versus God's kind of dream for our life. The first reason is our view of life. It's how we view life. If we view life as a woe is me, if we are glass half empty versus this thing is full, if we are a negative personality or if we, if we lean more to this won't happen versus yes, God can, then that will impact our view of life. Jacob lived in a place where he was like, this is as good as it is. And so since I'm already known as a deceiver, this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to do everything based on how I'm labeled. Sometimes where you live or where you come from, your past the hurt of yesterday, the sin you committed the other day, the enemy will tell you that's as good as it is. Maybe it's the time of what you went for and it didn't work out. And you said, I'm not trying that again. It's the view of life. God doesn't want me to have it. But let me pause and say, I remind you, Jesus came to bring dead things related to your purpose back to life. See, our view of life can impact our ability to give God room to allow us to dream. Jacob said, this is who I am, and so I'm, I'm just going to kind of make it my own way. No, 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 no. I can't view life based on how I see it. I have to view life based on how God sees it. And remember, I said this again. Jesus said, I came. I came to give you life. I came to be the definition of your purpose. I came to define your impact. I came to be the one to tell you who you are. I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So this morning, as we're talking about dreaming again and throughout this series, I'm gonna speak life into you. Why? Because your purpose is limitless and only you can do it. So our view of life can impact our ability to dream God kind of dreams or just lean towards our kind of dream. The second one is, is that it's our view of ourself. It's our view of ourself. Listen to this verse in Numbers chapter 13. This is the Israelites. They were talking and they were, they were told to go conquer the land that had been promised to them from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this was their response when they saw the giants, the size of their obstacle. This was their response. There we saw giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. We see ourselves as grasshoppers. They see us that way too. No, you see yourself as that. Those people don't even know who you are. See, if we're not careful, we can limit how we see ourselves and thus limit God. But God sees you as kingdom builder, 
purpose fulfiller, child of the most high God. But the enemy would have us think we're less than, similar to how he tried to do with Jacob. But God says, man, if you come into my presence, I'll birth dreams in you that only you can do. So we want to be careful. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So during this dream again series, you will dream again. You will dream again. And the last one is how we view God. How we view God. You and I are kings and queens and priests and princesses in the kingdom of God. Like he looks at us and he says that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart by God. But then he says, you are my son and you are my daughter. And I love you more than words can describe. You are so special to him. Your view of God can unlock a limit that God dreams in your life. In Isaiah chapter 40, I'm going to just skim through it. It says this in verse 26, it says, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He's the one that brings them out like an army. Verse 28, it says, have you heard? Have you never heard? Have you never understood that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. The God you serve, the God you serve has limited, I'm sorry, has unlimited, unlimited capacity. And so do you. My dream is, God's dream for me is, over these next few weeks, we're creating a, an atmosphere for you to have God birth dreams in your life. But remember, dreams are birth in the presence of God. Dreams of birth in the presence of God. You have unlimited capacity to be able to dream again. Doesn't matter if you're 25, 16, 13, 65, 75, 95. God has not called you to stop dreaming yet. Are you ready to dream again? Come on. Are you ready to dream again? Here's the last thought. When we talk about the presence of God, when we talk about having these moments like Jacob had, where we encounter God and he begins to birth dreams, the way we access the presence of God is through Jesus. It's what we talked about last week, that when Jesus came out of that grave, we got complete access to the Father. And it's through a relationship with Jesus that we get access to all that the Father has. So when we talk about dreams being birthed in the presence of God, the way we gain access to the presence is through a relationship with Jesus. And we call that salvation. The Bible says that Jesus Christ died on a cross for you and rose from the grave three days later. And he gave you and I eternal life. And today I wanna to introduce you to Jesus. I want you to have that same encounter that Jacob had where he was living one kind of way, but he had his moment with God. 
Today you can have that. I'm going to pray a prayer, and the prayer just simply says, Jesus, I'm giving you permission to be the Lord of my life. I confess that I've missed the mark. I acknowledge that you died again, you died for me, and you rose from the grave, and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, he comes and he lives on the inside of you. And so I want you to pray this prayer after me. You ready? All of City Place is praying. All of us are in agreement with you because we are all going to dream again. Are you ready? Come on, let's dream again. You ready? Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I accept you freely as my Lord and Savior. I'm grateful that you rose for me. I am ready to dream again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for Jesus? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Well done. Well done on the decision that you made. Ah, oh, there's nothing like coming into a relationship with Jesus. Remember I said last week, 17 people said yes to Jesus. 17 people, and today you are a part of the family of God. I want you to take out your smartphone. You, you said, I accepted Jesus. I want you to take one immediate next step, and then I'll give you another. I want you to text City Place to 94000 and let us know that you chose Jesus today. Our team wants to come around you, provide you with some additional next steps in your walk with God, but we celebrate you on the decision that you made today. The second practical next step that I want to encourage you to do is to sign up for baptism. We're having baptism on April the 25th, and we want to celebrate that with you. We want to celebrate that with you. So we got two clear next steps. Man, come on, City Place. Can we make some more noise right where you are for those of you who made Jesus Lord today? Man, don't forget. My or God's dream for me is this week, what I want you to do in your quiet time with the Lord, I want you to write down what your dream is. And then I want you to spend time and just go, God, what is your dream for me? Amen. Awesome. Did you get anything? Did you get anything from God's word right now, right where you are? I just want to encourage us in our giving. Last week, I talked about our new partnership with you moms. And as you prepare to give, we believe that God has called our church to live to give. Come on, City Place. We are going to be impacting the lives of young moms and families in this year. And so I celebrate you. Remember, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. God, I am putting you to the test because you're faithful in my life and you asked me to prove you as you promised that you would continue to be faithful every single day. So remember, God, I'm giving this to you because I trust you. But God, I thank you for your promise as well. Let me pray and then we'll go on. Father, I love you today. Thank you for those that made a decision to follow you. Thank you that we get a chance to live to give. God, we're so grateful for what you're doing in the life of City Place. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we take every clear next step, Father, I thank you that we're, caused, we're being caused to dream again. God, I pray that we encounter your presence like never before. And this week, you download what you want to say to us, the snapshot of heaven, and the motion pictures that causes us to be excited about the life that's found in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
All right, City Place, you have permission to dream on, dream on, dream on, dream until your dreams come true. Come on, y'all. We can't wait to see y'all back here at City Place Church again next Sunday. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay connected by subscribing to the City Place Church podcast, following us on Instagram, checking us out on Facebook, or by visiting our website, www.cityplacechurch.com.